Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. again in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide, Keston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to 
to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word. Where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy of the honor to. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, who is our strength and our redeemer, a very present help in times of trouble. We give God praise today for another beautiful day that he has made. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are about to complete our most recent topic entitled, Are You a Part of the We? Are you a part of the We? So many times in Scripture, you see many of God's people talking about We as believers, or We as saints, or We who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. Make sure that you are not only a part of the we, but that you remain a part of the we. We looked at capital A in our outline, we who are mature, 1 Corinthians 2 and 6, Philippians 3.15, capital B, we who left everything, Matthew 19.27, Luke 5 and 11, capital C, we who are left, 1 Thessalonians 4.17, John 6 and 68, capital D in our outline, we who know, 1 Timothy 1 and 9, Galatians 2 and 16, and it brings us down to capital E in our outline, we who are the circumcision. We who are the circumcision. We looked yesterday at Philippians 3 and 3. We're going to look this morning at 1 Corinthians 7 and 19. 1 Corinthians 7 and 19. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. 
Once again, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 19, circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Capital E in our outline, we who are the circumcision. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again today, Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to study your scriptures, to hear from you. Pray, Father, that you will speak into our hearts and our minds today words that will edify, uplift, encourage, rebuke, correct whatever you deem necessary for your word to do in the lives of us, your little children. We thank you in advance, Father, trusting that you are going to say something and do something in our midst today that will help open our eyes and our understanding that we may better comprehend your good, pleasing, and perfect will, that we may put these things into practice that you have revealed to us. And Father, as you do these things for us, we will be careful to give your name all glory, all honor, and all the praise. These and all other blessings we ask and count done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Let God's people say, Amen. Capital E, we who are the circumcision. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. As we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 17 through 24, the apostle deals with a reality of our Christian faith. Reality of our Christian faith. That reality is that there has been a change in status of each one of us that has placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Our status has changed. A lot of times you hear, you know, individuals, maybe an individual was working for minimum wage and all of a sudden they win the lottery. Well, $300 million lottery. Well, their status has changed. They're no longer a minimum wage earner or worker. Now they are a multi-millionaire. Always keep in mind that God has the ability to change your status. In other words, where you were, God can take you from there and take you somewhere else. David went from uh, shepherding a few of his father's sheep to anointed king in the presence of his brothers. God changed his status. Joseph went from a 13-year prison sentence to second-in-command in all of Egypt. God changed his status. The woman who had an issue of blood for 12 long years went from spending all kinds of money on doctors and not getting satisfaction and not receiving a healing to being healed instantaneously in the name of Jesus. So you say, Apostle, what, what, what are you trying to say to us? Always keep in mind that God can change your status. Now, if you seek his, his face and you are diligent in doing the things that are pleasing in his sight, God will change your status 
often. Understand and keep in mind, child of God, that as God brings revelation to your mind and to your heart and to your spirit, revelation is a change of status. Being able to see something in God's word that you couldn't be see before is a change in status. Being able to, to, to understand something in, in God's word that you couldn't understand before is a change in status. God wants to change our status. Growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a change in status. Going from being unemployed to being employed is a change in status. Going from being the lowest one in the company to, to, to being the head of the company is a change in status. God, see, see, promotion is a change in status, and true promotion comes from God. In verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes to the saints in Corinth and says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This rule I lay down in all the churches. In other words, that you know, whatever you were when God called you, we're not talking about sin, but we're talking about your status. And, and like, don't don't seek to to run out and try to change things because God has called you. If you were married when God called you, you don't have to run out and try to get a divorce now because God has called you. Or if you were single when God called you, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to run out and try to get married. You know, if you were a slave when God called you, that don't mean you need to run out and be trying to trying to all of a sudden get free. Or if you were free, retain whatever. Now, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them, just as God has called them. This is the rule, Paul says, I lay down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? In other words, had you already received the physical, the physical act of circumcision when you became a believer in Jesus Christ was a man uncircumcised when he was called. He should not be circumcised. In other words, when, when God called you, because we understand now that circumcision or the removal of the foreskin from the penis is not what puts us in right relationship with God, but rather placing our faith in Jesus Christ, who is God's only begotten son, that is what puts us in right relationship with God. If you were uncircumcised when God called you, Paul says there is no rush for you to run out and get circumcised. There is no need. You, you already saved. Circumcision, has nothing, or circumcision or uncircumcision has nothing to do with your salvation. Paul says, well, was he uncircumcised when he was called? He should not become circumcised, you know. Circumcision, that brings us down to verse 19. Circumcision is nothing. Now, understand, children of God, you, you, you've got to understand that uh, uh, these were powerful and inflammatory words in the generation that Paul lived in. Now, here we are 2,000 years removed 
from this kind of statement. But when Paul was saying this kind of stuff to a bunch of Jews that believed that circumcision was, was a mark of covenant relationship with God and that if you were not circumcised, you were not in covenant relationship with God, which is how things used to be, Paul made a lot of enemies and he made them very fast. Paul was accused of being a false apostle, being accused of being a false teacher, accused of, 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 of uh, stirring up trouble and doing all kind of things. These were very, very powerful and strong words 2,000 years ago. Because a lot of people felt like you needed to be circumcised. Even, even some of the, a lot of the believers in Christ were feeling like you had to be circumcised in order to have a right relationship with God. Paul come in and, and, and say nonsense. Circumcision, the physical act of circumcision, has nothing to do with your salvation. That's, that's, that's as inflammatory as me saying to many of you all understand my voice that tithing on money is nothing. It's nothing. It's got nothing to do with your salvation. Never was commanded on money in the first place and has nothing to do with your relationship with God. Wow. Some of you all are just as shocked and shook up as people were in Paul's day when he told them that circumcision is nothing. The same way circumcision it has nothing to do with your salvation is the same way that tithing on money has nothing to do with your salvation. Now, if you want to get circumcised, you are free to. If you want to give a tithe of your money to the work of God, you are free to. But as uh, Paul was saying, look, circumcision is no longer commanded. Let's get that straight. Paul said God has given us a new way now to be in covenant relationship with him. It's called faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm here to let you all know under the sound of my voice that tithing is not commanded on money. Never has been in Scripture, never is. Oh, Apostle, Malachi chapter 3 said, yeah, Malachi was talking about the, the, the Old Testament command for the, for the Israelites to bring a tenth of what their flocks, their herds, and their fields produce. You'll find it in Leviticus chapter 27, and you'll also find it in Deuteronomy chapter 14. Understand what he was talking about, bringing a tithe of. It was not money. And anybody that tells you that Malachi was talking about bringing money, first of all, that was Old Testament anyway. We're not under the law. That's number one. And number two, anybody that tells you that Malachi was talking about money, they either lying or they, they, they are, 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 are mislead. He wasn't talking about money. Study. That's why God tells us to study, to show ourselves approved under God. The same word that God instructs us to rightly divide. The reason why he says that is because he knows there's many jokers out there that's wrongly dividing it. Apostle, are you saying we shouldn't, tithe, uh, we shouldn't tithe on money? No. I'm saying that if you decide to tithe on money, do it for the right reason and, the wrong, and not the wrong. The same way the Apostle Paul was saying 2,000 years ago, if you decide to get circumcised, do it for the right reason, which is you choose to do it, or you may see some health benefits, or you, but not for the wrong reason, not thinking that this circumcision is making you in right relationship with God. See, 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 understand we can do some good stuff in life, but do it for the wrong reason, and God be very upset. Do good stuff, but do it for the wrong reason. Now, you want to go out there, you want to get married. You want to get married because, you know, uh, Bible talks about if a man 
cannot contain himself rather than burn with passion. He should marry. Uh, you want to start a family. You want to bring up children in the training. That's a good reason. But let's say you say you want to go out there and you want to get married because, uh, you know, your, you, your wife got a, a million dollars in the bank. And you know that once you marry her, you know, you're going to have rights to have the wrong reason. Wrong reason. So, so uh, we can do things that look good but, or, or that are good but doing for the wrong reason and God not be pleased. There's a passage in the scripture that says all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? doesn't matter what you do. God is looking at your motive. God is looking at my motive for, for preaching this, this broadcast, for preaching this word. What's your motive, Robert? Now, is your motive because, uh, you know, uh, I told you to do it, save the Lord, or because uh, you want money, or because you want popularity, or because you want fame? You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Let our motive be because God has told us. Because here's the thing, children of God, if there was no money, if there was no no cameras, if there was no broadcast, I'd still be preaching God's word. Because God still said, do it. See, a lot of times you can find out what a person's motive is. You start taking away certain things that they get, that they're getting for doing it. See, if your motive is money for doing a thing, take money out of it. See how long you last. You know, you, you see them guys on, on TV playing in the NFL or playing you know, uh, rough sports and sacrificing their body and putting their body in harm's way, take all the millions and millions of dollars out of it and see how many you will have left still practicing like that and still committing themselves like that and still still doing that. Not to say you wouldn't have any because there's some characters that just, just love the game of football or love the game of uh, uh, hockey or love the game of basketball or whatever the sport. But, you know, there's a lot of them out there that's that their main motivation is money. Look at your own self. Some of you all that, you know, the jobs that you are going to, if they brought you all in tomorrow, sat you down and said, look, you know, we appreciate your service. You've done a good job working for the company, but uh, we will no longer be paying you. You are free to continue working if you want to and, and doing what, what, what you've been doing, but we will no longer be paying. I wonder how long are you, how many of you all would, would stay around? So you say, Apostle, what do you, what do you want us to understand? Always examine your motives. Examine your motives. Or better, better, better yet, let God express to you your motives. Because God is always examining our motives. God is always looking at the why behind the what. Because we may do some things that may not look very, very good, but God, God knows the why. And see, if you're not walking by the Spirit, all, you, all you'll be judging is the what. You'll be judging what you see, or, or you, you know, instead of understanding the why. You say, Apostle, all right, give, give an example. Let's say that uh, you happen to be on your way home late at night. And uh, maybe about two or, four, two, two or three o'clock in the morning. And uh, you see your pastor with a uh, half-naked young girl in his car, driver. 
And you should look, you see it, you see the pastor with the half-naked young girl, and you immediately think that something bad has gone on. And you get back to wherever you're going, I seen pastor with half-naked young girl. I knew something was going on. I always felt, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, you, you, you know, that's based on what you saw. But then later on, you come to find out that while pastor was on his way home from church service, he saw some young men uh, raping a young girl. He broke it up, you know, fought off the uh, the young guys that was trying to rape the girl and helped her, the, what was left of her clothes, you know, let her put that on, and he put her in the car to take her to the hospital or take her home. You should understand what I'm trying to say, children of God. See, this is why we need to we need to be very, very mind me, mindful. Because what we see is not always what we think we see. Now, what we hear is not always what we think we hear. We can make a wrong judgment. We saw what? What was pastor in the car with the half, half-dressed young girl? That was the what. But we didn't understand the why. And a lot of times, if you don't understand people's why, you will misjudge. You'll even misjudge the what. You'll be looking right at the what, but you'll misjudge it. So always keep in mind that God is always, God sees motives. We have to discern motives. We have to hear from God in order to know motives. Because if not, then we'll we'll just be walking around, and that's called walking by, by sight, based on what we see, what we see, instead of why we're seeing it. God will reveal to us, the why behind the, the what? Praise God. Praise God. A whole lot of things we can do that look good on the outside. Bible says all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are ways uh, weighed by the Lord. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. You know? There's ways, there's things that look look real good. But God be looking at the reason, the real reason. What's the real motive behind that? Paul talked about it. it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, hoping that they could stir up chain, stir up trouble for him while he was in chains or while he was locked up. But then he said others are preaching Christ out of love and goodwill. And see, the Spirit of God has got to reveal to you what's what's the motive? What's the motive behind preaching? You know, what's the motive behind pastor? What's the motive behind apostle? What's the motive? What's the motive? See? Paul said, look, some folk are preaching Christ out of envy, out of rivalry. Paul says, true, some folk preaching Christ out of, out of financial gain. Some folk preaching Christ out of all kind of uh, 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 reasons that are less than favorable. But then there are some that are preaching Christ because they want your soul saved. If I, was cho- if I was given a choice right now, God said, all right, Robert, you could have a, a billion dollars in cash or through the preaching and teaching of the gospel, you can have a billion souls that get saved under your ministry. What do you choose? I'm like, Lord, give me the souls. Come on. We, 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 why, what kind of question? I'm like, Lord, what kind of question is that? As real as I know hell is and as real as I know that you're going to send a whole lot of folk there, Lord, give me the souls. Circumcision, verse 19, 
is nothing. Paul says, circumcision has nothing to do with your salvation. Nothing to do. I want to annex that 2,000 years later. Tithing is nothing. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Yet you can get circumcised if you choose to. Yet you can tithe if you choose to. But neither one of these activities, circumcision or tithing, has nothing to do with your salvation. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. If you're not circumcised, that has nothing to do with your salvation. You're circumcised, got nothing to do with your salvation. You're uncircumcised, got nothing to do with your salvation. You pay a tithe of the money you earn to the church, got nothing to do with your salvation. You don't pay a tithe of the money that, 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 that you earn to the church, has nothing to do with your salvation. And here's where Paul hits this nail right on the head. 2,000 years ago, and we're going we gonna to tap this same nail Today, 2,000 years later, keeping God's commands is what counts. If you ever wonder what, what makes the difference, keeping God's command, doing what God say do. Now, if God tells you to go get circumcised, then guess what, my brother and my sister? You better go find you a doctor somewhere and get yourself circumcised. If God tells you to give a tenth of the money, that that uh that you earn to the work of the Lord, then what you better do is give a ten. But don't try to convict me because maybe God told me to give a, a ninth or nine percent. Or and don't or don't feel feel bad because God is telling his other brother to give or brother or sister to give fifty percent. You have got to hear from God for yourself. Because look, watch this. If you don't learn how to do that, then you then then you lost anyway. If you you can't you can't hear from God for yourself, then you already lost. You got to know the voice of God, and you say, Apostle, how do I know the voice of God in me? You know the voice of God because God will always tell you what's right. Now we don't always do what's right. We don't always listen to what's right. But God will always tell you and I what is right. God will always tell you and I to do the right thing. He will never tell us to sin. Now, he may tell us to do some stuff that look like sin, or he may tell us some things to do some things that don't look right, but God will always tell us what's right. But go back to that example I just gave you, a pastor with a half-dressed half young girl in the car. Oh, that don't look right, even though God might be telling you, take, take, this, young, take this young girl to the hospital. Now, he... God know it's not going to look right. God know it might not look right, but God's still saying, take her. So God may tell us, and God will tell us to do some things that don't look right, but he will never tell us to do some things that are not right. God will never tell you to lie. God will never tell you to steal. God will never tell you, God, God don't tell us that. God will never tell you to commit adultery. God will never tell you to commit fornication. God will never. Keeping God's commands. That means doing what God says. And you say, well, Apostle, how do we find out what God says? Your first order of business is study his word. Find out what God has already told you is right. Then God will start telling you more stuff that's right. 
study his word, study the, the written word of God, the, the logos word of God, then God will begin uh, telling you through the rhema word what he wants you to do and what he doesn't want you to do. And that's how we get into the leading of the Holy Spirit. Each person, watch what Paul says in verse 20, should remain in the situation they were in when they were called. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, if you didn't have no money when you got saved, you keep right on with no money or, or you were unemployed. This doesn't mean that God does not have divine promotion that he wants us to experience. You know, but what he's talking about here is 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 us understanding that once we are called, once we are saved, once we are born again, we don't have to be running out trying to, 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 to do some other stuff to be born again. We don't have to be running out trying to, to do some other stuff to be saved. God's saying, look, you already got that. Once you placed your faith in Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and your Savior, you got salvation. Now, God will tell you a whole lot of stuff to do after that point. But don't think you got to run out and have like like some of the Corinthian believers feel like they had to run out if they if they got saved and they were uncircumcised they run they, some of them were thinking we got to run out and get circumcised or we not really saved that's what Paul was against no that's nonsense that's nonsense each person should live as a believer going back to verse seventeen should live as a believer in whatever situation. The Lord has assigned them to. Don't think that if you were single when you were when you when God called you or when God saved you, you got to run out and get married because if you're not married, you, know, you can't be saved. Nonsense. No, nah, don't be thinking you got to run out and and be running out into doing anything. That's how the adversary gets us and has gotten many of us led astray. That's how the adversary led Adam and Eve astray way back in the garden. They were already created in the image and the likeness of God. They were already perfect. They were already like God. The adversary come in speaking through the serpent, talking about, you know, God does know that once you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you'll be like God. See, they uh, they should have said, uh-uh, no, that's a lie. We already like God. Know what you already have. So the adversary can't come in and try to tell you you don't have it. You got to know what you already possess as children of God. In our context here, these believers should know that their faith in Jesus Christ caused them to be saved. Not them, their faith in Jesus Christ plus uh, uh, circumcision. You all today need to know that your faith in Jesus Christ has already made you saved. Not your faith in Jesus Christ plus tithing or your faith in Jesus Christ plus anything else. Uh-uh. It's faith in Jesus Christ, period. Not faith in Jesus Christ plus. Are you a part of the we? Are you a part of the we who are, are, are uh, who are the circumcision? Spiritual circumcision. Our capital today deals with the spiritual circumcision. And the spiritual circumcision is, a, is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Physical circumcision is cutting the foreskin off your penis. Spiritual circumcision will cause your soul to be saved. Physical circumcision, that's what Paul is talking about here, is nothing. It's nothing. It's just cutting of flesh. You're not going to be any more saved cutting the foreskin. Today, you're not going to be any more saved cutting your, the foreskin of your penis off 
than you would be if you just cut your whole penis off. You're not going to be in, in, in any more saved or any less saved because it has nothing to do with it. Circumcision that God is looking for now is spiritual, which is placing faith, placing your faith in his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and keeping God's commands. That's the main thing. That's always been the case with God. That is the case with God, and that will always be the case with God. Do what God says do. You will be blessed, and you will be lifted. You will be established. And God, and most importantly, God will be pleased. That concludes this particular topic. Are you part of the we? Are you part of the we? Praise God for each of you and pray that, that, that you have been blessed, the Lord willing. Uh, tonight by 6 p.m. we will start our next series. I don't know exactly what that will be yet, but we are trusting that God will have something very special for us. The Lord bless you, children of God, and heaven smile on each of you. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.rchurch.com, backslash member, backslash t, backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.